It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, August 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is trying to parse out what we know and what we don't know about the Flyers heading into this season. I don't know much. I'll admit it right now. (laughs) Well, we'll see what we do know coming up on the show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to get to a little bit of Flyers news. Uh, We are going to wrap up World Juniors, and then we'll get into that conversation. What do we know and what we don't know about the Flyers heading into the season? Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe over there and give us a like as well. Russ, the big news in Flyers land was we heard via John Tortorella that Ryan Ellis was doing everything he can to get ready for camp, but he's very doubtful that's going to happen, which we kind of knew, but at the same time, hadn't really heard anything direct from anybody at the Flyers until Torts said something. Well, like our initial thought was, we probably will hear something July. We didn't. Um, I'm kind of a details guy, and I feel like this is not really a status update. and. I don't think it's great for the fans that they have no idea what the status of this injury is. Uh, And I'm not saying you have to tell us everything about what this injury is, but you could say, hey, this is where he is on the process. You know, he's skating every day. He's doing this. He's doing that. Like all being told is, hey, he's doing everything he can, but he's probably not going to make it. So it's like, you know, at, at this point, that does make you think he's not starting the season. And I feel like it puts even more of a shadow on him coming back at all this season, because if if they're not willing to tell us sort of where he is in the process, this is the same thing as last year. Yeah. And I think it goes along with the theme of this episode, right? It's like, what do we know and what don't we know? And there's still a lot of question marks about Ryan Ellis and, You know, I think especially with the cap situation, we're all just assuming we're going to use his LTIR to be able to put a roster together. And that will lead to one of our questions and the things we don't know that we'll get to later in the show. A couple of phantoms signings to talk about uh, really just some depth uh, AHL level players, but it's important that the phantoms round out the lineup because we know with injuries and Mm -hmm. with everything that goes on, Uh, You need, you know, a real strong staple of players to call on. And so they re-signed Charlie Girard, who's a forward that had six goals, six assists last season for the team. And Garrett McFadden, who's a depth defenseman. He'll probably go back and forth with Redding. 
but um, they were able to call him up uh, last year when they needed help. Yeah. And, um, you know, they made sure they got a guy with a lot of PIMS because that's important. That's important now in the entire organization, which again, I'm kind of saying it like this because I don't think it's as important in the AHL. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't have a guy that can protect your players. What I'm saying is why am I getting a guy that has no chance of playing in the NHL? Like I get there's some AHLers that will never play in the NHL, but I don't know. I don't necessarily want to stock like a certain percentage of these guys on the team that have no chance because when, you know, things get bad, you know, how many guys could actually get called up? That's going to be the, the issue for John Tortorella. And of of course he's used to that kind of stuff. So he'll just circle the wagons, but I'm just thinking about it. Like, I don't know. Isn't it nice to have a little bit of flexibility there, but we'll see. We'll see what the Phantoms look like to start the season. Yeah. And that player you're talking about is Jordy Belrive, who played for Wilkes-Barre Scranton for the past three years, a center, but uh, 112 penalty minutes last year and uh, 21 points. So there you go. I think that's uh, something that uh, I'm not sure the Phantoms need, but at the is same this to time, get even with, is this to get even with Ron Hextall for taking Jackson Ivany? Is that what this is about? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, again, AHL players. I'm just asking. I just want to put that travel. out in the un- I just want to put it out in the universe. Okay. All right. Uh, World Juniors wrap up. Uh, congrats to Tyson Forster and Elliot Denoyer, who won gold with Team Canada. Man, that was a hell of a game. Uh, three to two in yeah. overtime over Finland. Um, that McTavish save on the goal line was, I mean, he was fixing his own mistake to some degree, he but at the, at the same time, he did it. And uh, just a crucial, crucial play. He did it, but I got to say, Team Canada had some puck luck there. They definitely could have lost a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, congrats to them. They they pulled it off. Uh, it's definitely good for those guys to to be on that gold medal winning team. But again, now you have to go and take that into your season and propel yourself even further. That's the That's the ultimate goal of doing that. Just doing that doesn't, or at least I'll say this, as nicely as I can. Just doing that doesn't make me rank you any higher, like on a Flyers prospect list. It It's the next step that makes me do that. Yeah, I think it's good, though, that both of them really honestly fulfilled what they were asked to do mm-hmm. at this tournament for this team. I don't think either one of them were a disappointment. I don't think any either one of them kind of blew everybody away. But I do think Tyson Forster had some key scoring plays over the course of the tournament. And um, yeah, I think they just did their jobs. They did their jobs. Um, there's no doubt Denoye wasn't really utilized much uh, or as much as he could. And yeah, I think maybe Forrester could have done a little more, but ultimately you do go there and you have to play a role. And they did that. Yeah. So who did stand out at the tournament overall? And we've been talking about it was Emil Andre who won bronze with Sweden. That was a tough loss in the semis to the Finns one to nothing, but uh, he played his heart out defensively Mm -hmm. in that game. Um, He played really well again in that bronze medal game as well. Uh, Over 22 minutes time on ice in that bronze medal game. And, you know, if you look around all the writers doing end of tournament 
analysis, all of them put Emil Andre in their top players list for the tournament, which oh, no was well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, he did great. He was expected to do really well. They had him in the captaincy spot. He, he's an older kid. So all those things checked out. Uh, you know, once again, though, as far as down the line, down the line, this World Juniors doesn't make me think he's any better of an NHL prospect it's still a percentage chance that he's going to have a good impact at the NHL. Like that's just the way it is. But if he had a bad tournament, it would hurt him in that way. So at least right now, I feel like the development cycle is good on him and, and that's what you look for. And so this should really help him as well. Cause I think by next year, you know, he'll, he'll be over in North America. Yeah. And I really think that he made good decisions with the puck. Mm -hmm. I think that that was something that stood out to me about his play during the tournament. And I think obviously as he kind of moves up in the ranks of hockey, he'll have to learn how to make some of those decisions faster. But I do think he's on the right path on that front that in this tournament, especially against, you know, the top teams, he really had to think quickly. And I think overall he made really smart decisions. And, and that's, I think, what was important to me about like his the takeaway from him on this tournament. Yeah, we talked about it. He, you know, he was terrific on the power play. He did um pretty good job defensively, too. And he will have to get even stronger than that to be able to have some defensive impact at the next level. But it does show that there's a possibility that could happen. And based on that, that's good for him and it's good for the Flyers. I think so too. All right. We are going to get to those questions about the Flyers coming up next. We'll start with what we do know, but first we're going to hear about bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, and all the info leading up to the upcoming NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to scores, podcasts, and more. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to Bet Online to the Bet Online website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, starting with what we do know about the Flyers heading into this season, Russ, we did in the first segment talk about Ryan Ellis, and it is a, a question mark still about if and when. So, but we do know that he's not going to start this season. And so I think what we do know pretty well is that Ivan Provorov and Tony D'Angelo are going to be the top pair. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's the way it is, no matter what I think about it, how good it's going to be. I don't think any of us really know how it's going to be, but that's what we're looking at. Uh, I just feel like this this Ryan Ellis stuff is just... It's almost like having Chris Pronger on the team again. And and Chris Pronger, now, the only thing that made it different was it was towards the end of his career, right, after you found out right. everything that happened. So it's like, okay, um, you know, with Ryan Ellis, there was that hope that, hey, he really does solidify this line. And I want to say, you know, towards the three-quarter mark of last season, there was maybe this hope that, hey, with all this rehab and everything put in, 
that maybe by, you know, training camp, we would have some better results. We don't have any results. That's the part that really has hit home for me. Yeah, and it'll be an interesting pairing. I think the preseason is going to tell us a lot about how mm-hmm. that could could turn out. I do think there's a small caveat to that certainty about Provi D'Angelo in that just because of the experience he has and the fact that Provi has played with Justin Braun before, Braun could get some of those five-on-five minutes and focus Tony D'Angelo on the power play time. I think if they're trying to tweak situational play a little bit, that could come up where Braun gets moved up for some shifts here and there to fill in at five on five for defensive reasons. Yeah, no question. Late in game, late in periods. I, I fully expect Torts to do that. I mean, I hope Justin Braun comes in in the quote unquote best shape of his life. You know how players always say that <laughs> as they get older, because he's going to have to, because Torts is going to, is going to use him more than anybody's used him in the last two years. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And continuing our theme on the blue line, at least one of the starting lineup defensemen has to be Cam York or Nick Sealer due to cap space. It's just a question as to which one Tortorella is going to go with. You know, (laughs) it's funny. Like, intellectually speaking, uh, Cam York's the answer that should come out of our mouths. Of course. But if for some reason, if, if John doesn't see what he wants to see out of him and just feels like he needs a little more work and he likes Nick Sealer elbowing guys in the head, um, you know, he might go that route. I can't say it's an impossibility and that's fine. Whatever. If he wants to go with toughness, I don't think in the grand scheme of things, it would hurt Cam York if he didn't start the season with the flyers. Like if, Hey, they, if they had him in Lehigh and he was doing everything as a number one, fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's really not. Uh, if Sealer comes in, Cam York will be up soon enough anyhow, because I think, you know, Torts will have just as, he'll have a, you know, fun with Sealer for a month or two. He'll like the toughness. He'll realize in his own end, not so great if you put more minutes on him that he's, you know, an NHL depth defenseman, but he does have a chance to make it here. And, you know, that's the kind, that's why he signed the contract that he did. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I would hope that it's Cam York, like you said, I just this sneaking suspicion that Nick Sealer is going to sneak into the lineup and uh, just uh, I, I can't imagine a situation where he can outplay Cam York, but I can picture a situation where Tortorella thinks that he can outplay Cam York. And I, I oh. Or that he could just play the Tortorella game a little better right now. That's what I think is is the, I'm going to say the danger. I don't care. That's the danger of it. Yeah. I I do think again, that part of it is a mystery, but we will be seeing either one of those guys (laughs) in the D when you can count on it. Yes. Uh, One thing I think we can also definitely count on is Sean Couturier as the Flyers one C. He'll be the one C. There's no question. I expect him there at the start of the season. I don't think he'll be as hampered as 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 people are maybe worried about, but I don't think we'll really truly know how he's doing until like 20 games into the season. 20 games is the one C. That's when we'll kind of know, you know, where his back is at after the surgery. And, you know, hopefully there's no 
issues whatsoever. If there's some slight issues, then that's when this thing gets even trickier. Right. And I think that 20 games is a good benchmark to look at at where he is in his recovery, especially with him so focused on his two-way game. Is he going to get into those board battles? Is he going to try and win the puck in the corner, things like that in the offensive zone to try and feed it to somebody out front who in theory should be there uh, to take a shot. But I, I do think that, you know, there could be some hesitation along those lines when he first comes back. But um, I really hope that he is, you know, back as close to 100% as possible when the season starts and that he really can at least solidify a top line for this team to get some production out of it. I at least saw Sean Couturier skating um, during that press conference last year, late in the year, early in the summer, however you want to term it. I haven't seen Ryan Ellis, so I have, I have a better feeling about Sean Couturier at least. Yes. Uh, we also do know, I think it's fair to say that Carter Hart is the number one goalie for the Philadelphia Flyers. There's no other option. There is no plan exactly. B. Exactly. There, there is no plan B. So he is the top goaltender for the team. I just think it's important to add as many things that we do know, just because there are a lot of things that we don't know, which we will be talking about next. Uh, another thing that we do know is that Ian LaPerriere is back as head coach of the Phantoms, uh, ostensibly because they're uh, getting quotes from him on the Phantoms player signings. So to me, that says he is back as head coach. Yep. And this is a big year for him. He's got to do better uh, than last year. This team has to, his team has to um, start showing improvement, start showing that there are some players there that could be called up at any moment either via injury or just if the Flyers need help. And last year, there was a big issue with that. There was just a few, a handful that they need to sort of have a better, um, just more breadth of players for that. And that's going to fall on on him as far as having a good season, having them in a good system, having them match the same system as Torts. You know, I can't tell you that Ian LaPerrier is going to be able to do that definitively because he's not worked with John Tortorella at all. So, you know, now we're going to – because last year, last year it was like two different franchises. Like Mike Yo was doing his thing, Ian LaPerrier was doing his thing, and I didn't feel like either of them matched. This year they're going to match, and Ian LaPerrier is really going to have to match what John Tortorella is set, is doing at the NHL level. So that's the challenge for him. Yeah, and you're right. There's a lot of the younger players who, you know, came on to the Flyers at the end of the season last year or who, you know, got RFA qualifying offers for this upcoming season that are going to be in the system more full time than they were in the past. And so I think they have they have to get as many of those players ready as possible and really create an environment of competition. And then at the same time, I really, really hope when they do those call-ups, they give people a few games and not just one-offs yes. here and there. So you really get a sense if they can hang at the NHL level. And and LaPerriere is going to have to be a huge part of that. Yeah, I would give them like, you know, three games each. Like give them three games with Torts, see where they're at. I would do that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So I think one of the things that in theory 
should be true is that there will be a new social media hashtag for the Flyers next year, and there will be a new goal song for the Flyers next year. We don't know what those are going to be, but there's a lot of things beyond that that we don't know, and we are going to talk about those next. So I think, you know, one of the biggest questions that I have going into this season is when is Joel Farabee going to be back and how does that affect the right wing slots where the Flyers actually have some depth? Well, I mean, if Farabee's not there, Konechny is going to be on the top line. That's for sure. Uh, if Farabee's not there, you know, I think Lawton maybe is a wing then too uh, because of that. Maybe Cates turns back into a center because he's really like a left wing or center. He can do it. So I think I think those are some of the things that have to get looked at, and that maybe someone like Radcliffe has a chance. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what he looks like in in preseason. I, I think it's a little soon for Foster. Radcliffe is a little more experienced. So I think you know. I think those are you know what your options are. I think Owen Tippett moves up as well. I guess, I, I guess, fine. If you want to do that, I'm, you know, I don't know if that's a great idea because he hasn't proved it yet. Now, if he's proved it in preseason, great. Then move him up. But if not, I don't know. Um, but what I was going to say about Farabee is this. He had the same thing as Jack Eichel. Now, he had it sooner than Jack Eichel, and Eichel definitely forced himself back into that lineup, and he really wasn't himself for a while. There is no reason for the Flyers to to rush Farabee here. So even if it's, you know, a month and a half, that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think that with this scenario, it does create a spot for maybe one of the younger guys to get some additional time. And yep. I just hope it's in the right way with the right usage. And um, speaking of that, that leads you to the fourth line. And I think that what we don't know entirely is what is the tone going to be of that line? Because if you have a McEwen and Delorier on there at the same time, we know what that means, right? It's more of a physical, uh, you know, grinder line as opposed to a line that's going to put up at least a few points every now and again, right? But is it going to really be a developmental line? where you can give some of the younger kids ice time in the NHL in sheltered situations. It's not going to be a developmental line. It, it's, it, I, I, I will go so far as to say that networks are probably going to feed off of this and make this the identity of the team when they show, well, we're playing the Flyers next week and they're going to show their, you know, checks into the boards, whatever fights they have. Like, I fully expect this to be the branding of the team. It's very possible. Uh, I, I'm very curious if they how heavily they lean on that, right? In terms of their play on the ice and the marketing side of things. Uh, which, I could see a name for the line. Question. I could see T-shirts, and I'm not making this up. I'm like I'm not saying this to be a smart aleck. I just feel like this is the direction. There's this is going to be the most positive part of the team. That hey, you're not going to push us around, even if you're going to beat us. And so I do just feel like this is going to be like you know their identity. Uh, another question for me, and we alluded to it already is Scott Lawton. Is he going to step up and take a second line spot on the wing? 
or is he going to be on the third line and are they going to rotate him in to the center position? I think he'll step up and be a second line guy. I think Torts will rave about him. He's like a Torts kind of guy. So I think Torts will place him in that spot somewhere on the second line. And that's fine by me. I mean, we'll see how he matches up in a Torts system. Maybe he could do a little better. But that's it. He's going to be that guy that he likes. You know, there's nothing not to like about Scott Lawton. And I think Torts will rave about him. And I fully expect this to happen. And I think he works really well with Hayes and Atkinson, who are yes. likely the rest of that second line. I think it's a good balance of skill. And um, especially with Atkinson being a shooter, uh, Scott Lawton, I, I think, could really kind of learn from the two of them to some degree. And uh, it, it would be a good combo, I think. Yeah, I have to say the, the, the important thing about that second line is Kevin Hayes has to really come in uh, really looking sharp, really, you know, playing his best hockey right out of the gate because this is a new coach. And, you know, John doesn't care that you're whatever kind of money you're making. You might have financial security, but he's not going to have security on that second line if he's not playing well. That is for sure with torts. All right. Uh, the other question I have is, will the Flyers have a full 23-man roster or are they going to have to skimp on it again for cap reasons? I think they'll have a full roster because I don't expect Ryan Ellis to come back. So if that's the case, I think it'll be a full roster. If he makes this amazing comeback, then we're going back to you know the Hextall days where you're running short. Uh, but I think my gut tells me for now, they're not going to run short. I think so too. I think you're right that as long as we have that LTIR on Ellis's salary, they can fill in the roster and actually have a full 23, which will be nice, you know, having yeah. some a little bit of cushioning there as opposed to having to do paper transactions every single day in order to gain some cap space. But uh, we'll see how that turns out. And and another random question I have is what's up with Patrick Brown? Like we never hear his name mentioned. You'll hear Torts. Torts will like him because he'll win faceoffs and he'll be tough. He'll be the fourth line center. And I feel like the younger guys are going to have to step up and be able to play on the third line. I feel like this is like a position carved in for him, you know, based on the coach and what he's looking for out of players. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I do assume he'll be in that 4C position, but uh, he's just kind of like one of those guys that people never, ever talk about. So no, I'm probably nobody's buying his Jersey, but you know, he'll be there. He will. Uh, Any other questions that we have going into the season? You know, honestly, have they done any changes with the medical staff? Have we heard? Mm, That is a very good question, and I don't think we have heard yet. Uh, Somebody followed up on at some point in one of the press conferences, and there there wasn't a clear answer on that front at the time. But uh, we have not heard anything since. To me, that's a big question. Yeah, it is is a huge question, and how are they going to manage injuries this season, and what's the communication going to be like? about it uh absolutely an important question that the flyers should have already answered but have not so uh we'll see how that goes uh wrapping up with our flyers fun thing the reading royals debuted their new jersey for this upcoming season and it is gorgeous i love it it's smoking for to to steal a jim carrey line it's smoking 
It is. It's just like the perfect royal purple. And I yeah. love the lion graphic with the crown. And they've got a Phantoms logo on one shoulder and a Flyers logo on the other shoulder. So I just, just hope like... Mason Millman's not, not modeling yeah. at the start the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just like little bits of orange highlights in there yeah. uh, with like the sleeve stripes just to let you know that it's a Flyers affiliate. But the purple is what stands out and I love it. No, whoever. Yeah, they did a great job with it. Whoever's responsible. Good job. Exactly. All right. That will do it for today's show. We're going to be back again on Friday. We are continuing our series, checking in on the Metro teams, and we are going to be talking to our friend Dan over at Locked On Capital. So that should be a lot of fun. Join us then. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You can email us at lockedonflyers at gmail.com, or you can drop a comment over on YouTube as well. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.